Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Oh, yes, indeed. Hour number two. Just let the Curtis Mayfield wash over you. Hopefully it'll make your Thursday a little bit better. Watch out for that weather. It is coming for you. It's got to be bad if my phone is telling me in two different languages. I haven't gotten a third language yet, but yesterday in English and Spanish and today in English and Spanish, I've been told that something's coming. So be careful. Tie stuff down. Get ready for rain and thunderstorms and maybe tornadic activity uh, coming to our area this evening. It's Chad and Zay on a Thursday. I'm Chad Hastings. Isaiah Collier is here as always. He's getting ready for some weather. And we got our special guest, the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, brings us all the guests, although he's sitting right here in studio with us. He is Jeff Howe, Horns247.com, Longhorn Blitz Podcast, Light the Tower, 10 to noon. He's a busy, busy man, but he made time for us. What's up, man? Special like a Scott Bayo after school special or um, special like, uh, you know, half off of yams at the grocery store or something? How about special like a Willie Ames after school Ooh, special? Okay, appreciate that. We're going serious now. Are we, can we just discuss with the great... F- with the full flowing curls. <laughs> can we just discuss the greatness of Maxwell Jacob Friedman while we're saying we were doing during the break? If you and I did that, I don't, I, I don't know how many people would turn away and how many people would love us for and, it. And, and you know what, Chad? You know what's great about that? Ask me if I care. I know, exactly. <laughs> no, Jeff and I, when we get together, we do end up talking pro wrestling, and we were talking about... Our favorite heel right now, MJF in AEW. He is unbelievable. I mean, I've got a picture of him shortly after the death of Franco Harris. He took a picture of himself in the Pittsburgh airport violating the Franco Harris statue. Yes. Wow. That is something that happened. That is real. Pelvic thr- I don't know if pelvic thrusts were involved. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess by the nature of that picture they were. That is so wrong. And I'll just let everybody else know what I told Jeff. I'm battling with myself because there's an AEW pay-per-view on Sunday, and I've not paid for an AEW pay-per-view yet, but I am in, I'm watching all their stuff, and MJF is such a good heel, I might actually watch a pay-per-view this weekend, and it's kind of, it's kind of got me freaked out. I don't think I've bought a wrestling pay-per-view since 2006 or no, probably 2007. See, and that's not making me feel any better. Right? I can't. Right, exactly. It may have been that long for me. So you're going John Jones and AEW? Oh, right into John Jones. See? That's good thought. You're wildin'. See, I'm cheap. I I know football season's over, but man. Good grief. (laughs) That's the thing I got to consider, too. Idle hands, Idle hands for your co-host. That's why I got to stay away from the wrestling one, because I got to watch John Jones, because I'm sick about that. Anyway. All right. So, uh, Jeff, there's a lot of different different ways we could could go here, but I wanted to start with, uh, we'll, we'll get around to basketball and what that wasn't it was and wasn't last night but talk to me about uh, about these combine guys today we've got the defensive guys with overshone um with coburn and ojimo right mm-hmm. of the three yep. so for you who has the best chance to 
improve the stock? Who has the best chance to really you know show off today and and get some attention? Probably Overshell because he's a you know looked at as a day two guy anyway. Can he solidify himself in, in that day two mix? I would say him. I uh, I think the the NFL will value Coburn and Ojimo for different reasons. I think for Coburn, it'll be about the production because it was there. Like, you know, I'll use the Longhorn Blitz podcast as an example. You know, Rod, Matt, and I were sitting here a year ago thinking that, hey, in 2021, Coburn played way too much, and you probably need to decrease his snaps, give more of those to Byron Murphy, give more of those to Alfred Collins or whoever we were talking about at the time. And Keandre Coburn, you can make an argument, was the most most consistently disruptive interior lineman in the Big 12 last year. Pressures, pressure rates. So the production is there. You know he's going to interview well. He's a locker room guy. So I think they'll like him just he's a – and there's – as football becomes more situational, there is room for a 330-pound, 340-pound nose who can get after the quarterback. There's there's a place for that guy in the NFL. I think Ojimo, they'll value him differently because for two things. One, the versatility to play multiple shades, and the fact that he's so young. Right. Like this is a guy yeah. that you could feel comfortable, like, yeah, we can he might not be ready for a year or two, but we can so that means we can just stash him away on the practice squad for a year or two. And just let him mature a little bit, or you realize that hey, maybe we've got a guy that is ready to give us something right now. Yeah, Ojo's draft pi- draft profile somewhat similar to Malcolm Roach's. I, I don't know if he'll test as well as as Roach did, but I, I think their draft profiles are a little bit similar. And Malcolm Roach is still in the league, so I think I think more Ojo's got a chance. That his age though is really intriguing. Mm. How old is he? I gotta go back and look. I don't think he. I think he's still twenty. Wow, he's twenty or twenty-one. I forgot yeah. he came in so young. I got he. He had just. I think just turned seventeen. Yeah, I forgot got about that. Yeah, yeah, because I remember those comments about not being able to, you know, not being able to vote. Not being able to write. Not quite eighteen years old. Not an adult. Yeah, so he he turned he turned. I think he turned twenty-one in uh, in August. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. Jeff, you know, obviously the Jalen Carter thing is going to shake up, you know, the draft just a little bit. You think? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely think. But Bijan Robinson, the fact that he's doing all of these drills at the combine when we know he doesn't have to, yeah. we know he's probably going to be the first running back selected. If he's not, then that GM needs to be fired the next day right after the draft. And you saw the pictures of his body like – He's seriously getting his body right. That's like putting tinted windows or on a Bentley. Yeah. Like that's insane. But what can he benefit from working out and doing all these drills and you know just yeah. being in Indianapolis as a whole? I think for him, it's not so much solidifying himself as RB one. It's can you make a team that might want to wait for you in the early to mid-20s or maybe even think, hey, we can get you to back into the first round. Can you make a team value you enough to where, no, if you're if he's there at like 15, 16, you got to go up and get him because he won't be there by the time you pick it. That it makes him nervous. 23 or 24, yeah. yeah. But, and I think for Bijan that's great because that's, that's more guaranteed money. The, the higher you're drafted with with the slotted contracts, so yeah, I, I think that's what he can do. You know, my my comp for uh, Bijan and, and look, he, three cone test really matters to him. So does five ten five because it's short area quickness, which is a big part of his game. Everybody's going to be looking at the forty. My comp for him for a while now has been Ladanian Tomlinson. I went back and looked at it. Ladanian Tomlinson ran a four four six 
at the combine when Oof. he came out in 2001. So I think if Bijan can be, I think as long as he is sub four five, then I think everything else is gravy at that point. But yeah, I think that's what it is for him. Can he can he put on an impress? I don't. I think if he, I don't see him having a bad combine. But if it's not, if he doesn't blow people away with the workouts. I think the tape is what it is, and people say, okay, well, you know, yeah, well, we can still grab him in the first round. We'll just do it at, you know, the mid-20s or, you know, if you're a team that, that can wants to get back into the first round late and the, and the price tag isn't too high, you, you can go do that. But for me, if I'm B. John, I'm going to force someone's hand. No, you got to go up to get me. Yeah, I dig that. I dig that Ladamian comp, and he actually has Ladamian by height and weight too. Yeah, people forget, like, Ladamian Tomlinson had a season before – the NFL was the space and pace league it is now. He caught 100 balls. We talk about McCaffrey and Kamara and all these guys. Like, LaDainian Tomlinson was a 100-catch guy. Yeah. From Breeze? Yeah. Man. Yeah, before before Drew ripped that shoulder up. As right? a matter of fact, that that might have that might have been a Philip Rivers offense. I'll go back and look, but yeah. Ooh, like, that's people, right. It might have been. People forget how, like, versatile LaDainian Tomlinson was. I love the LT. Yeah, that's a that is a that is a good that's a good comp, and I think uh, obviously a team would love to have a guy of uh, of that level. Jeff Howe joining us in studio, talking uh, a lot of football, a lot of different things. Um, back to the Jalen Carter thing. Yesterday we were talking about different guys, different examples. Yeah, two thousand three. I'm trying to think. That would have been that still would have been that breeze. Yeah. Still that's true. Breeze. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That was a. Caught a hundred freaking balls. That's incredible. Back. We were talking about guys that slipped in the draft a little bit because of the you know various stories. And Warren Sapp came into my mind, and we talked about Tunsil. I heard Harge mention Lyle Collins uh, as <laughs> you know that was a story I'd sort of forgotten about. But I don't ever remember it being the first guy about the first guy they were talking about to go off the board. So this Jalen Carter thing for you. The fact that he's in Indianapolis today, the fact that he got booked and and you know they got the charges dealt with in terms of an arraignment date, and he you know bonded out or whatever, and he's back in Indianapolis facing the music today. Does that impress you? Where are you on this Jalen yeah, Carter thing? Because right he now? doesn't have to do that. You can hide behind your attorneys and listen to what you know your representation and the people close to you say, like, "Hey, stay away, just let this blow over," or you can do what I think is always the best policy: just rip that bandaid off. And deal with it, and answer whatever questions within you know the legalities that you can answer, and just just be done with it at that point. To get out in front, so yeah, that that's impressive. Yeah. I dig that. I agree. And then as long as he's got the explanation for, we always say it only takes one team. If he explains it thirty-two times, and they all think he's a diabolical <laughs> human being, yeah. that's one thing. It only takes one of those teams to go. All right. I buy yeah. that, and then they're checking the box and they're moving on. I mean, hey, look, he, you know, the the guy I think about, not the guy that slipped, but I think about the worst first round picks ever. Remember when the Jaguars took Matt Jones in the first round? Yes. The, the Arkansas quarterback as a wide receiver. Yeah, like this guy had. <laughs> I was listening to one of those draft draft throwbacks. It was Mike Mayock before he left for the Raiders on the NFL Network. He's like, this is a kid that uh, had d- drug red flags. Alcohol red flags, work ethic red flags. Oh, and he's a position conversion. <laughs> and in the era before, <laughs> before you had tiered rookie contracts, now you're just going to throw a bunch of money at him. Yeah, that sounds like a recipe for success. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. Damn, Jags. All right, Jeff, <laughs> let's talk about this Texas football team a little bit. You know, with Bijan and Roshan leaving, this 
wide receiver core has to be better. Like last year, you just can't have another year of that. And we know a little bit of that goes to wide receivers, a little bit of that goes to Sarg, a little bit of that goes to Quinn Ewers, which makes a lot of inconsistency. Plenty of blame to go around. Yeah, plenty of blame to go around. But, you know, with how deep the wide receiver room is right now and having an A.D. Mitchell coming along and you got more and uh, uh, Jonte Cook as freshmen fighting for spots, it'll probably allow Xavier Worthy to go back to his normal position. What does Quinn Ewers have to do to just make his life easier? Because we know a lot of pressure is going to be on him just because we know who's coming off the bench or who's on the depth chart. Malik Murphy? Exactly. <laughs> Manning. But at what Quinn Ewers has to simplify the game and Sark has to help him simplify the game, how do you think they could do that going into next I, year? I think it's just being so in tune with the offense that you know where your you know where your safety valves are. We saw that in the bowl game. Like I, I keep going back to the bowl game and we can talk about a lot of what was wrong with the offense in the bowl game. But, again, one of the things that I liked, and I think it was an area of growth for Quinn, it was an area of growth for Sark, the fact that you got into that second half and when you realized, okay, whether it's Washington taking it away or the fact that Xavier Worthy is having a problem hanging on to the football, the vertical game's just not going to be there. But they're going to give you the short and intermediate stuff. Can you be patient enough to take it? And... We know with the running game not really working, they kind of had to, and that's when we started seeing them move the football, and they were able to move it consistently. They were able to get into a rhythm. I don't know why Sark didn't do that more, and I know Quinn and Sark both, they're, they're big game hunters. They want that deep shot. They want to land the haymaker, but sometimes, you know, kind of like boxing, you, you got to work the body a little bit, and that's how you work the body. It's, you know, your perimeter screen game, that becomes an, ex- an extension of your run game when you can't run the football, and, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a knock against your manhood or anything like that when you take short and intermediate stuff because that's a really good way to get your offense into a rhythm and move the football. So if Quinn can be in tune with the offense, if those two can be on the same page in terms of, hey, here's what you're seeing, here's what they're giving you, can you identify and recognize what they're giving you, and then can you go take advantage of it? He did that in the second half of the bowl game. Can he build on that, and by the time you get to the opener, we see a guy who's not just a talented thrower of the football who happens to be your starting quarterback, You've got a guy that is becoming a quarterback, a commander of the offense that understands what he's in. Now you're talking about this offense can start going places. Everything else falls into place once your quarterback and your play caller are on the same page. It's, it's got to be, I know this is kind of a coach speak cliche thing. Quinn has to, Quinn or whoever it is, Malik Murphy, Arch Manning, whoever it is, the best offenses are when you see, like they, I think of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, the best offenses we see at any level of football or when the quarterback becomes an extension of the play caller. It's almost like the play caller saying, if I was out there running this offense, how would I want it run? Those are the best quarterbacks. Like Bill Walsh, with whether it's Joe Montana or Steve Young, like the best offenses you've seen, it's when that play caller and the quarterback are on the same page. It's almost one is an extension of the other. Jeff, before we let you go, your biggest concern for this Texas basketball team right now after last night and knowing what's coming? That when they got into a hole in the first half, that the offense just reverted to everybody kind of stand around, watch Marcus Carr dribble down the shot clock, and then force something late. That 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 can. There's a lot to be concerned about. There's some stuff, Zay. I think you know this. There's some stuff that this team just isn't going to be able to to fix. Like there's going to be some games where they're going to lose the rebounding battle. Just period. I mean, and granted, effort and positioning and sense of urgency can help you 
close the gap, but there's just going to be some teams that are better rebounding teams than you. The one thing that I didn't like, though, was the lack of sense of urgency on offense where the ball wasn't moving. Guys weren't moving without the ball. There was no emphasis on moving without the ball. And when the ball gets stuck, it ends up in Marcus Carr's hand, and then I think he feels like, okay, i got to be the guy that does something here. But if you just if everybody just gets into the flow of the offense, you don't have to do that. And we saw, we've seen when they get into the flow of the offense – you get guys coming off screens. You can get guys you know, backdoor cutting. You can get guys good looks in this offense. But that, to me, is really worrisome. Those long-scoring droughts or droughts where you're going four or five minutes without a field goal, that, that stuff will get you out of the tournament real quick. And, and that's been a problem all year, and that's the thing that worries me is because unlike you know rebounding or anything like that where it's about you know physical limitations or your depth or whatever – Moving without the ball on offense is something you control. That's something you can fix, and it hasn't been fixed yet. But and they, they got to find a way to figure that out. Yeah, I when I knew it was a serious problem was a couple of games ago, and Timmy Allen had that damn five second violation. Yeah, I I don't think I've seen a, fi- a five second violation since I ref middle school back in the day. <laughs> I, I'm dead I haven't serious. seen one in a while. I haven't seen yeah. one in a while, and that shows zero movement. Yeah. That's like zero movement there. If you're just holding the ball, looking around, and everybody else on the other side is just standing, chilling, waiting for you. And like you said, Jeff, just they, it gets back in Marcus Carr's hands, and he yeah. has to force something up. And now the team, they're becoming fatigued. We're at the end of the season. We're here in March. And that's why this nine-man rotation has been – I've been so adamant about having it. You're not getting none out of Dylan Mitchell. You're not getting none out of Christian Bishop except for a hurt chin. It's like – Damn, we we gotta bring some offensively, and you can't go in those droughts like you said. And that's what we saw a lot last year, like deja vu with uh, uh, Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones. Yeah. Like they would go in the droughts, like ten minute, seven minute, nine minute drought sometimes, and they'd be working so hard defensively, but they're not the biggest guys. Like they can't just use their length. And yeah. use their athleticism. Like they have to really exert a ton of energy. And that's why they get killed on the boards a lot of times. But time. I think, too, if you look at the rebounding, like last night in particular, like go look at the rebounding numbers for TCU's guards. That That's the disturbing thing when you're, I mean, and that, that is about positioning and effort and timing. When your guards are getting, you get know, the disparity between the guards' rebounding numbers are just so wide. That's kind of, and, and that to me is where. If Tyrese Hunter, and it's probably too late to expect this, if Tyrese Hunter can get to the point where he can be a complete player over the minutes that he's on the floor, he is a really good rebounder. As a matter of fact, he, of the guards, he might be your best rebounding guard. Right. Uh, just because he is physical, he can throw his body around there, and with his ability to leap, it's, it kind of negates whatever he loses in the height advantage if he can time it well and position himself right. Uh, and... You know, Tyrese shot the ball well last night. I think that's encouraging, but we've kind of been waiting all year for Tyrese Hunter to be consistent, and it just hasn't happened yet. So, but I'm with you, Zay. Like Dylan Mitchell, and I, that's why I asked RT about it earlier in the week. Like Dylan Mitchell, you can say he's hitting a wall, you can say whatever, but at some point, you you've either got to get more from him or you got to cut his minutes. And when you get into one of those funks, you're basically like, okay, what's the best? You're, you're on the Argo principle. Like, what's the best bad idea we've got right now to generate some offense? It might be just rolling with Arterio Morris because you know he's going to have one of those plays that just makes you put your head in your hands and go, oh, good Lord. Like, why is he even on the floor right now? <laughs> but you're going to have to live with that knowing, yeah, he could have three straight possessions where he just pulls up in transition and knocks down three threes in a row. 
Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, you might have to live with the bad arterial morris because the good arterial morris can get you out of those funks. It's funny that you say that because he could get a shot anytime he wants. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's a good shot, <laughs> but he could get a shot anytime he wants. And that's huge. Like that crossover he had, who was it against? Like a crossover pull up jumper. I want to say it was against Oklahoma, but maybe it was either the Oklahoma game or the West Virginia game. I know yeah, man, West Virginia, about, yeah. and it was nasty. You know, he just has something about him, but yeah, he'll turn the ball over in a heartbeat or just or let a guy go by him on defense. Smooth or... blow by. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that is Jeff Howe, Horns247.com. Check out all the stuff there. If you missed the Longhorn Blitz podcast this week, go check it out wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, it is Thursday. So 7 o'clock tonight, you get Longhorn Weekly with Coach Terry talking about everything from last night and where that team is. Longhorn Blitz podcast replay at 8 o'clock. Light the tower every day, 10 to noon. And he just might be checking out MJF on that. Maybe on the pay-per-view this weekend. I'll be honest. I'll be looking for an illegal stream. <laughs> ah, the old illegal stream. All right. The old bootleg. Bootleg cable. I feel that. Zay, you know how many Brock Lesnar UFC fights I've watched like finding the, the, the rogue Twitch stream or oh, something? I respect that. Yeah. Ain't uh, nothing wrong with that. That happens Oh, it's like, well. what are you doing? I was like, I'm watching a Brock Lesnar fight on Twitter before <laughs> this one gets taken down, too. Oh, ask Chad. I was trying to get bootleg Girl Scout cookies for some girl on the east side a few weeks ago. That is true. Like, he said, I, he said I, I'll Always ba- from the he said, always he, want the low. He said I'll get back with you. I'm trying to find a deal. <laughs> like, what do you mean a deal? What, what do you mean? He's like, I think I got I think I, I think I got a discount somewhere. <laughs> okay. I respect it. I didn't know there was a bootleg Girl Scout cookie market. Oh, yeah, that's, but... they, there's some hustlers out there. You'd be surprised. There's yeah. some serious hustlers out there slanging them things. Thin, thin mint spelled thin. with two T's. <laughs> they got them they got them lemonades. They got them lemonades yeah, out there. Instead of caramel delights, these them caramel eyes. Is that like when you go to the uh like the, the bag cereal section in the cereal aisle? Yeah, like, matzo meal and stuff yeah. stuff. Yeah. Fruity dino bites instead of fruity. Oh yeah, cookies. ain't nothing wrong with that. No, don't nobody look down your nose at malto meal. It's mm. fruity gems are just just as good as Fruity Pebbles or whatever we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't and, sleep. And next Girl Scout cookie season, if you haven't tried the lemonades, it's a good call. The lemonade a is a good very cookie. Good call. If you've ever had the uh, lemon cookies at Maggiano's, it's almost a, a vis-a-vis carbon copy. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I haven't had, I didn't know they had them over there. So I can do that year-round and then Girl Scout cookies once a year. Yes, you can. Okay, like you okay. need an excuse to go to Maggiano's. I was going to say exactly. That is Jeff Howe. Thanks, Jeff. He joins us no every problem, boys. Thursday around this time. And I don't know if I'll be here next Thursday because next Thursday's Pro Day on the 40. Oh, Ooh, that's right. Okay. Man. So we might have to either talk to another talented individual from Horns247.com or come up with our own conversation. We might have to. That's a challenge either that, way. Make that call to the bullpen. <laughs> call to the pin. We'll figure that one out next Thursday. Up next, it is the Flex 30 segment. Some Flex alums that will be a part of the Combine and the basketball playoffs continue. That's coming up on the Horn. Had in Zay.
Boy, you do a good job of picking metal bands that are just outside of my knowledge. You do a really good job of this. Um, man. This is 1985. 85. Um, man. I'm going to stay away from the band I always guess. Halloween. I have no idea. Gravestone. That wasn't happening. No, no. Gravestone. I love the night. I'm starting to think you're making these band names up. Yo, somebody on the Specs text line's messing with it. Dude, you went cloven hoof on me this week, and it freaked me out. (laughs) Gravestone. I've never heard of Gravestone. All right. Gravestone, Donna Summer, and Van Halen. Normally, when I get that same feeling, I go with Saxon, and I'm usually never right. I got it once, I think, on Saxon. Decided to stay away from that. And the Halloween guy could scream a little bit, so I tried it. All right, uh, Gravestone there for you. Coming up at 2, we'll get into some a uh, couple of album discussions. A little different than Gravestone. Uh, Zay's going to be talking Janelle Monet, and I'm going to be talking Raekwon. Uh, technically, Raekwon and Ghostface Killer. That's right. For the Cuban Links album. We'll get into that coming up uh, at the top of the 2 o'clock hour, another album swap discussion. If you want to catch the other album swap discussions or some of the other stuff we have for you on that YouTube, page. Go subscribe so you won't miss anything. Thank you to our 760 subscribers. We're working our way towards 800 and ultimately we hope 1,000 and beyond that. So thank you so much for supporting us and you can always check out hornfm.com as well. Lots of stuff going on including the high school basketball playoffs. We'll hit a little bit of that and some of the flex guys, local guys that are going to be in the combine this week. Here we go. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. So first off, we'll just get you set up for what we believe is a doubleheader down there in San Antonio this week. If you want to go check out that San Marcos team, they're taking on Warren, and I see it listed here uh, on Flex as a 5.30 start, so it must be the doubleheader, and then that Stony Point game with Brennan is after that. So uh, if you want to go see those two teams, uh, San Marcos and Stony Point, trying to advance, if they each win, they'll play each other. Man. In the, what would that be, regional final, right? Um, so these are the regional semis we're at now, so it would be the regional final. And Yeah, this is basically the Sweet 16. And they have to go back-to-back, right? They would have to play Friday, Friday and Saturday? Saturday, yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's serious coaching. So Survive in advance. Yeah, you always see, because it's so hard. If you're Antoine Thompson, you would like to watch the first game. But how much do you watch and how much do you lock into that and not get your team locked in for their game right after. Sure. So you yeah, know, that's, that's where I'd rather be the San Marcos guys. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You want to win. Yeah, the team that wins. Yeah. It'll be nice to just stick around and see who you play tomorrow. But yeah, Coach Thompson, he's gonna have to figure out where he uses his time because I know he's gonna want to check that San Marcos and Warren game out. And he has a lot of good ex- assistants that are definitely scouting. You know, Coach Button and my homie Donald Dallas that I grew up playing basketball with. Mm-hmm. They all do a good job. So yeah. I, I, 
that's not going to be too much of an issue, but that is a thing that they're going to have to deal with. Yeah, we'll set you up for uh, some of those matchups and more as we get uh, into tomorrow. But again, check that out down there. Uh, that's at the North Side ISD Gym uh, where those games are going to be. So uh, we'll continue to talk about that this week. Also, we mentioned the combine starts today for D linemen and linebackers, but the Flex Crew also wants to remind you that there are some local area talents that are trying to make a name at the combine. Some names you may remember from the past. Let's just start with Zay's alma mater, shall we? Former Bowie Bulldog and now former Stanford Cardinal Zay, Elijah Higgins is in this combine. One of the best athletes to come out of Bowie High School. We're talking about alongside guys like Victor Ike and Michael Mm. and Marcus Griffin. Elijah Higgins is right there when it comes to athleticism. And he didn't have the numbers of those guys, but Stanford, they took a big chance on him. Him being the four-star player, round 230, 6'3", insane athleticism. Man, listen to this, Chad. Mm -hmm. He played basketball his sophomore year. And then he decided to just focus on football for obvious reasons. I mean, look at him. He's getting ready for the combine now in 2023. Hmm. But my pops, I don't see him get too down often on guys just choosing to stick to the other sport and not play both, basketball and football Hmm. or basketball, baseball, something like that. He was a little hurt. He was a little hurt. Was he? When Elijah said he ain't playing no more. <laughs> he didn't tell Elijah that because he wants the best for him. But I remember right. him telling me, like, yeah, we're losing Elijah. He's just going to play football. That's going to hurt us because he's just that big of an athlete. Like, he, he played center for my pops and them. He used to duck the ball. And he was only a sophomore, and he was a big part of that team that they had, you know, during my pops' tenure. So I'm very proud of what he did at Stanford. I didn't think he got – enough touches there we know the struggles that they've had Mm -hmm. in recent years just being at the bottom of the pack 12 but hopefully elijah i've you know i've been seeing like sixth round for him hopefully he could find a team and find a roster where he could fit because he's in crazy athlete he might not have the you know tight routes that you would like at the wide receiver position maybe like a Quentin Johnston or Jordan Addison but man 6'3 again 230 it's gonna be interesting what he runs with with the 40 if he makes a good time if he gets up there 4'3 yo which I think he could be I think he could be. He'll probably be around 4-4. Four, four, but yeah. if he somehow can finesse his way up in the 4-3 oh, and yeah. turn some heads. At, at that size? Yo. Oh, that'd be impressive. Look out. He's in the kind of a top 15 list here that I'm looking at of the wide receivers in this combine. To give you an idea, the guy right ahead of him in the grading is Marvin Mims at Oklahoma. The guy right behind him is C.J. Johnson from East Carolina. So uh, Elijah Higgins, a name to pay attention to from this area. Jalen Hyatt, the young man from Tennessee, is on top of the list in case you're wondering. A lot of talented wide receivers this year. Head over to flxatx.com. You can uh, check out Elijah. You can check out Deuce Vaughn and some of the other guys from this area that are in the combine. Just to run them down real quick, give them their love. Cedar Ridge, of course, was Deuce Vaughn. We'll see where he fits into things. 
Miles Brooks, uh, class of 19 out of Hendrickson High School. He's done at Louisiana Tech. He's going to try to make a name for himself as well. Uh, and what was the other one they mentioned? Oh, yes. Oh, Sean Mathis out of Maynard. Shout out to all those Mustang fans. He is done at Nebraska, and O'Shawn is hoping to make a name for himself. Congrats and uh, best of luck to all those guys getting ready for the combine. Two o'clock this afternoon is when the D-line and linebackers get started. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn, he's going to be interested in the league. I mean, he was so good at Kansas State. He was definitely a steal. I know us Horn fans were hurt to see him leave the area and do what he did in the Big 12, especially what he did to us, you know, these past year, but and getting them a Big 12 title, he's going to be a punt return, kick return, Darren Sproles type of guy. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I mean, obviously there's a comparison there, both of them Wildcats at Kansas State, but just him at his size, gadget guy. Obviously, there's no such thing as every down backs in the NFL, so that's perfect for somebody like him. We saw the Eagles, they used three running backs this season, so yep. he could get into maybe that type of situation. I think that'd be perfect for him. Eagles, Chiefs, yeah, Niners would do something with him. I mean, all these teams that are clever, all these teams that are inventive, uh, that's something I think where he would work. By the way, you need to go to flxatx.com to see this little montage of pictures they put together for Deuce Vaughn. It does include him with the Big 12 Championship trophy smoking a cigar with the smoke hanging in the air. It's pretty nice. Didn't we beat them? Like that, that's why I, we, we beat them, right? I, I, know, yeah. I know that doesn't make you feel good, Zay, yeah. as a Longhorn fan. I'm just saying it's a cool-looking picture. It is a dope picture. Yeah, it is. Uh, flex segment every day at 1.30. Best of luck to those guys in the Combine. We'll get the album swap discussion going at 2, uh, right about the time they get fired up there in Indianapolis with the workouts. Up next, though, it's Where We At in Society with Zay. Also, be sure you stick around for 2.30 today because we'll get into those Mike McCarthy comments. Have you not heard what Big Mike had to say about Kellen Moore on the way out the door. Good grief. We'll get back into that at 2.30. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. All right, rolling through a Thursday, first day of the Combine. Workouts getting started here in about 10 minutes. Overshone, Coburn, Ojimo, the Longhorns involved. And Jalen Carter's there answering all the questions today, even though he's not working out. All right, Zay, this one I think I've got. Joe Walsh, correct? That's right. Yeah, so this is... Oh, geez. So life's been good is the other big hit. This is... What is this one called? I can't remember. What is it? Rocky Mountain Top. Rocky Rocky Mountain Way, I mean. Rocky Mountain Way. That's what it is. Rocky Mountain Way. Joe Walsh. Gravestone earlier. Donna Summer and Van Halen have all been a part of the show. 
We appreciate Zay for all that great music. Uh, coming up, we'll get you the album swap discussion. Jay's going to talk a little. Uh, Jay Zay's going to talk a little Janelle Monet. That's why my mouth wouldn't work correctly. And I'm going to be talking some Raekwon and Ghostface Killer with a little help from RZA and only built for Cuban Links, the '95 album from uh, the Wu Tang Clan. See uh, the individual album run that they had Zay decided I should listen to all five so this is three out of the five that I've uh, that I've listened to now so we'll get into that in the two o'clock hour we've got obviously basketball on the brain after TCU beats Texas last night takes away the regular season big 12 possibilities for Texas that is all Bill Self now Kansas gets it all again oh, Zay. every freaking year again you realize how bored they are seeing that trophy you realize how ordinary that is for him now? How many do they have? Is it like 15 out of 16 or whatever? That's why you go there. Man. That's why you go there. They've been dominating the Big 12 as long as it's existed, from Wayne Simeon guys to Kurt Heinrich and Nick Collison, yep. guys like Keith Langford and last year's team with Christian Brown and Oshai Abashi. It just... They just build self. They just continue to do it. Yeah. It's very impressive. Rinse, fog, and repeat. That's what they do yeah. all the time. Uh, so congrats to Kansas, to the victor go the spoils. Texas got to rebound and recover and find something to play for against Kansas on Saturday. Obviously, it's senior night, and it's last night at the uh, last day at the Moody, 3 o'clock tip on Saturday. Get on out there and support them. They're going to need a little pick-me-up, and I know the fans are going to bring it to them because that's what they've been doing all year long. Uh, all right, let's get into where we're at in society, see what Zay's got for us today. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, do I have something to check out on Twitter, or what are we doing? Uh, yes, check it out. All right. I just sent it to you. Okay. So we pick back up where we left off with Juju Smith-Schuster and A.J. Brown and the Eagles and the pettiness. It Whoa. has continued. Okay. So we knew right after the game it was Valentine's Day where Juju Smith-Schuster posted on his account like a picture, like Valentine's Day card of James Bradbury, and it said, I will hold you by any means, or something like that, something that had to do with hold, and we know James Bradbury held Juju Smith-Schuster, which allowed the Chiefs to kick the field goal and end up winning the game. Right. So now there's a pretty big-time comedian influencer guy that focuses on sports. His name's Brandon Clinton. He's hilarious. Okay. And he's so famous because he'll actually pretend to be a coach slash different players on different football teams from NFL to college. So he'll pretend he's, for example... He'll pretend he's, let's say, Steve Sarkeesian or something like that. Okay. And he'll pretend to be a random player that mucked up earlier in the week. So let's say Quinn Ewers threw a horrible pass interception. He'll he'll play as he's Steve Sarkeesian and Quinn Ewers, and he'll do like a skit basically clowning what they would say if they were ridiculous comedians uh-huh. in the film room. Okay. So he's become very famous for that. And him and Juju, they've teamed up to make a video 
about the Eagles. Yeah, because that's actually Juju, isn't it? That's actually Juju. Oh, my goodness. So, okay. Juju, we know Juju's a big TikTok guy. Uh-huh. He loves being an influencer, social media guy. That's what he really became famous for in his Pittsburgh days. Like, he was good his rookie year and stuff, but everybody saw remember him for dancing on the field. You remember all that? The TikTok? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so he uh-huh. loves his TikTok. And A.J. Brown, he's had it. Like, he's had it. He went out on social media on Twitter yesterday and said, Juju, you really need to find somebody else to play with. Don't let that ring get you beat the F up because I'm with all the dumb-ish. I'm not going to speak on it anymore. He also DM'd Juju on Instagram and said, I don't play them kids' games. If you want to see me, I'm with it. You better go to Cabo, enjoy your ring, and stop effing playing with me. Leave me off all your TikTok-ish and he called him a wussy, but switched the W with a P, and you gotcha. know what he called yeah, him there. Yeah, yeah, right. So, in this video, which we're going to play a little audio, it's pretty hilarious. Okay. Brendan Clinton, he pretends to be Jalen Hurts, James Bradbury, and somebody else, Davis. I don't know who Davis is. The only person I can think of Davis on the Eagles is their lineman. That Jordan, went, Jordan, Jordan Davis. Davis. Maybe. So you hear him okay. in this audio, but it's pretty hilarious. Take a listen. Okay. All right, now corners didn't even show up. Right? It's like we went to Jordan Peele's barber. All right, just take a look at Davis. Right? You pissed down your leg, and you held him like a press conference. All right, just bring it back. Right? You pissed down your leg, and you pulled him like a kick, though. And it wasn't even his fault. You know, I think it's funny how y'all coaches want to seem stressed now. That's supposed to be Jalen Hurts right there. Y'all wasn't making okay. no alterations to the game plan. Y'all was just like a stiff man catching a twerk. Y'all ain't know how to adjust to the motion. And after Rihanna killed half like Thanos, they was using Juju more than Nigerians. Y'all ain't do nothing about it. Well, I guess it's safe to say we all dropped the ball then, huh? And I'm going. I'll see y'all next year. Make sure y'all get my money right. I'm doing whatever he does. Sit your ass down, Davis. Damn, so this never would have happened if your mama was at corner. She couldn't hold on to a man if she tried. So Wow. Okay. He's hilarious. Like so, he, he's made videos on Texas. He's made videos on Clemson, etc. But this is his, this is like Juju theoretically went to him or they came together and they're specifically right. going after the Eagles. Yeah, now. that's just a snippet. Okay. It's about a two minute video and they're like wow. pretending to kidnap Juju and stuff. Yeah, I so, saw the beginning. That was pretty wild. But if you're Juju, leave it alone. At this point, like, it was funny. The Valentine's Day thing, that was funny. But to keep going with it, like, let James Bradbury, he knows. Like, he knows he held. He knows he's up there with the Chris Webbers where we're always going to remember when we think of this last Super Bowl 57, the Bradbury hold. We're always going to remember that. We're not going to think of that terrific run that Patrick Mahomes had on one angle. Well, you and I will because we do this for a living. Right. But just the normal folk, everyday folk. It's that play. It's that play. So, like, to the code of the NFL, let him live. Dude, after the first wave of what we went through and said leave it alone, now you really got to leave it alone. You just went to a professional comedian a social media comedian to do this and take your shots? Are you done yet? You done yet, Juju? You finished? Is it over? Yeah. Please? Please be done. Like, the NFL schedule has, obviously hasn't came out yet. We're definitely going to see Eagles, Chiefs. I would think so. For sure. You have to make that happen. I'd make that the first Sunday nighter, maybe. Yeah. Well, 
They they do a lot of division stuff early, yeah. maybe in the first two three weeks. Yeah, make it a Sunday nighter or the Monday nighter, one of the first few weeks of the season. Because <laughs> AJ Brown, he's about lost it. And the other w- weird part of this is it ends up being the real anger isn't necessarily from Bradbury to Juju. These are two receivers in the discussion, so they'll never be on the field together. Yeah, they're just going to jaw at each other. Yeah, and you, and this team they're still mad. Like CJ Gardner Johnson, he had to delete a tweet. Because somebody said something, like some random Twitter person said something about like what happened in the game, in the Super Bowl, and Garner Johnson, it was about Gannon, who's over there with the Cardinals now, mm-hmm. which is he's a defensive coordinator, right? That's correct. He was the D coordinator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, it was something like what happened with Gannon, and Garner Johnson said something along the lines of, he didn't let us eat the way we wanted to. No. He had to delete the tweet. No. Wow, okay. Like, he didn't let us play the way we wanted to. It was something along those lines, and he deleted a tweet. So these guys, man, they're pretty petty and pretty salty about this loss still, which I get it. Speaking of petty, is it wrong as a Cowboys fan that I'm really enjoying their level of petty right now? The fact that it's haunting them like this? Yeah. I'm kind of enjoying it. Hopefully that doesn't turn into fuel, though. That would no. not be good for y'all. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be good. You're right. That would not. Somebody like Jalen Hurts, he would definitely turn it into fuel and use that in all his training in the offseason. You know what? As we'll get to at 2.30, Cowboys have their own issues with their head coach running his mouth. So we'll get into that and what all that means with Why Today Matters at 2.30. If you haven't heard what Mike McCarthy had to say about Kellen Moore, we will get to that. Also up next, the album swap discussion for the week. I'm talking Raekwon and Zay is talking Janelle Monet up next on the horn.